Welcome to the Modern Story Gay Podcast. Each week we'll be bringing you stories from individuals who have suffered from perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, as well as speaking with professionals who are up to date in the latest research and treatment plans. It's important for us to continue this conversation and normalize talking about maternal mental health. We look forward to seeing you here each week as we create a safe space to do that. everyone. Uh, my name is Annie Moody and today I'm here with my good friend Misty and we're going to talk about Misty's story and she's going to give us some resources um, that she has in the military community because she has been around for some time <laughs> and she knows about those more than I do um, and so I'm going to turn it over to Misty. Hey everybody. I am Misty. I am a, my husband is a an active duty soldier. So um, he has been in for going on 16 years and we've been married for 15. We have three kids. We have a 13 year old, um, Alex. We had her at Fort Drum. <clears throat> we have an eight year old, Dalton, who we had at Fort Belvoir in Virginia. And then our youngest, May, just turned six. And we had her at Fort Belvoir as well. Um, we are currently stationed at Fort Bragg, and we are not having any more kids, so there will not be a Fort Bragg kid. <laughs> I'm very sad about that. That's not okay. going to happen. Not going. We have a dog. I mean, that. That's yes. That's it's worse. It's worse than a kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me another kid. Um, <clears throat> so, my, I had my first at Fort Drum, and I was 19. And wow. it was, yeah, it was the, I was just shy of 20, but I was 19. We got married super young, um, was the height mm -hmm. of the Afghanistan war. And so, um, you know, he'd come home from a combat tour. It was 15 months. It was, it was rough. Um, <clears throat> and I pretty sure Fort Drum put something in the water to make their sperm like super potent. I don't know <laughs> because every single girl in uh, a girlfriend's wives, everyone in the unit was like ready to go, you know, pregnant and they all had babies. We all had babies between March and June. So that'll tell you the timeline. Um, <clears throat> she was a, that was a tough pregnancy because um, we were seen out in Watertown. Um, so a civilian hospital and they had a floor that was dedicated to military. Um, and it, it was tough because um, the care wasn't, wasn't that great. So I ended up having um, severe preeclampsia with her and they did not catch it until I was in labor with her and her heart rate oh, dropped wow. so low um, that they we did a whisk us away for um, an emergency C-section. And, you know, here I am 19, whisked away, you know, we have no one there. Um, they didn't even bring my husband back into the room to have her. Um, so I was in there by myself and it, it was just, it was very traumatic. Um, and then I had her and um, she had meconium aspiration. So they had to immediately whisk her away because she wasn't breathing. Then she was in the NICU for a solid week. And the first time I got to really lay eyes on her was, um, day three. 
so after we had after I had her, they kind of wheeled my um, my bed after recovery into the NICU. They moved everything out of the way so that I could look at her in her bubble while I was on my bed, and um, and then they wheeled me away. And it was three days before I saw her. <clears throat> so after having that experience as a 19 year old, um, you know, and at one point, even the doctor had looked at me and was kind of rude and said, you know, this is your first kid, right? Because I was 19. So, you know, this traumatic experience on top of being away from family, not having any support, we really didn't know. Um, we had our friends, but, um, I, walked away from that traumatized and had some postpartum depression. And the way that postpartum depression looked was I wanted the baby and I wanted no one else. I, and when do you, when was like the onset of that? Um, I mean, it, it probably was fairly quickly after. Okay. I would say within a couple of weeks of getting her back from the NICU. So we had her, we were discharged and a week later, we got to take her home from the NICU. Um, and then, you know, a week later, Derek was, you know, back to work and, you know, doing, yeah. doing army stuff. So it was really, um, that's kind of like the rest of the world could just, could just go away. I just had what I needed. I didn't need anybody else. Um, and that was it. And I did not know that that was, um, a way that postpartum depression could look. I mean, it got to the point where even my husband had said, you know, do you not love me anymore? Or or, or, do you, do you not want to be with me? And, and that kind of, um, opened my eyes a little bit. I never sought any help. Um, I didn't know I was 19. Well, yeah, I was like, you're 19. Yeah. Yeah. No one talks, especially then no one was talking about, you know, maternal mental health at all. So, you know, when I, I was actually watching an episode of Scrubs and um, (laughs) Angela, I think her name was Angela. She's one of the, one of the wives and I guess the only wife really, she had just had a baby and she had said, no one talks about how you want to throw your baby out the window. They think it's bad. And I, that was the first time I'd ever heard that you don't immediately bond or connect with mm-hmm. the baby. Now I yeah. bonded ish and connected with her. Um, she's always been my tough one, but, um, but it was, <laughs> it was more like, like, this is mine. You know, it wasn't so much like, mm-hmm. this is mine. It was, this is mine. I have what I like. No one can tell me what to do. <clears throat> so it was, that was, that was a hard thing. There are five years in between the first and second. Okay. And when did you notice like a shift after you had her? Like, when did you notice that things kind of went back to normal since you didn't seek any help? It was about Um, a solid year. Okay. Like that first full year that I just, I, even now she's 13. I tell my husband all the time. um, I don't remember cuddling her. I don't remember snuggling her. I don't, I didn't enjoy anything. I, I was just scraping by, just trying to get to the next day, just trying to keep her alive. You know, I was terrified of everything. Um, it, it was just, a, it was a miserable first year, first year as yeah. a mom. Yeah. 
well, you're not alone in that experience, (laughs) especially at 19 in the army. Like it's just, I mean, as an army spouse at any installation, I'm, I know there are programs now like new parent support and stuff like that, that are coming to help. But, um, I think people also forget there's, you know, genetic predispositions because you had a traumatic birth experience because your baby was in the NICU, like all of those things contribute to having postpartum mood and anxiety disorders, like all of that were precursors. And so I think it's important that we hear about that and realize like you did make it out on the other side and it was not enjoyable, but you went on to have (sighs) more more children more babies Um, more babies babies. they're so adorable Um, they did now the hospital did they did this it's completely backward so they they had a service and I don't know what it was because I was just like I said it was like we were in a haze they sent someone out to the house a couple of times and it was like a nurse to see if we were Mm -hmm. um how we were adjusting and the way that I took it because of the way I was treated because I was 19 years old was that we weren't fit, that we were, and we oh. really were children. We had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> no but still, yeah. But it felt like, like I was being, it was almost like, um, like they were calling DPS on us to make sure, like doing welfare checks to make sure that the child was still alive. And after the third time, I, I told Derek, I said, do not let her in this house. I don't want her here. I felt like I was being questioned as a mother. So the programs that I've experienced now, being older, I understand that that's not what was happening. But um, it there's a certain amount of bedside manner that you have to have with a mother, especially a young mother, because you know, 18 year olds, 19 year olds, 20 year olds, they know everything. Right. And then you give them a baby that they created that is theirs. Then they double know everything. Like you can't, you're not going to win. So understanding that you're not alone, that, that there are people that, um, that want to genuinely help you who have walked in those shoes, who know how difficult it is. Um, but, but having the right, the right person yeah the right person yeah it, it makes a big difference yeah um with the the second kid you know he was perfect so I won't even <laughs> like he was the best he was the best pregnancy he was planned but he was like meticulously planned he's an after deployment baby we talked to the entire time during deployment about having a baby I was going to the doctors we were like checking temperatures we were I was on vitamins I wasn't I wasn't having a beer I wasn't drinking I wasn't doing anything um <clears throat> nothing I was stopped eating junk food it was so he was the perfect pregnancy the perfect delivery um and it was and then my husband left he was on uh it was a TDY but it was it was like a 12 month TDY so it was basically a deployment he Goodness. came home one time yeah, yeah. um he came home, you know, we had a baby and he left and then, um, then we visited him one time and that was it. So do you think the setup for that pregnancy was what made it more successful? I think what it was, was we had PCS from everything that I had known mm-hmm. and we were in a new location and I was pregnant. I had a five-year-old and I needed something. I needed friends. I needed support. I needed something. We lived by the chapel on Fort Belvoir. 
And I happened to see something about a program called MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. So I walked over to the chapel. I got the registration form back when they were doing registration forms you mailed in. <laughs> and I filled it out and I handed it directly to the chaplain's assistant. And I said, here. And he said, oh, ma'am, you can mail that. And I said, here, I need this. And I got the call that I wasn't on the wait list that I was in. And so when I got in there, you know, they set you up with a table of women. Um, there were women that were my age. There were women that were older. Um, there was a woman in there that was pregnant. There was a woman in there that was breastfeeding, which I did not get to breastfeed my oldest. Um, and suddenly I had all of this experience mm -hmm. right here at my hands and I, I loved it. So I had support. I had other yeah. that I could lean on, that I could ask questions, um, who could teach me how to breastfeed, who, you know, it was nothing for us to be at a coffee date after we had the babies and the other mom that was pregnant, um, she had a little girl and I had Dalton, little boy, and she would just plop out her breast right there with no cover or anything and just breastfeed. Like it was just the easiest thing in the world. And so I took a lot of cues from her because she could teach me that was her fifth kid. And I like, you know, she's experienced. She's got this whole, so the support was what set me up for, um, for good, a good experience. I think even though okay. Derek was gone. Yeah. It was a big deal. It, do you think age played into that being five years older? Uh, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. So they were watching yeah. me for, um, for preeclampsia again, Okay. but because, you know, women of color and teenagers and older women are at a higher risk for yep. preeclampsia. So I'm clearly not a woman of color. I was in my twenties. So the one big risk factor that I had was that I was 19 the first time. When you get preeclampsia, you're at a higher, you know, probability of getting mm -hmm. it. Um, so they were watching me, but I didn't get it. And I think, you know, waiting a somewhat decent age to have kids helps. Uh, definitely. I, I don't judge anyone that has kids. I just think it's important, like at what age, whatever it's appropriate for you. So like nine, if you are 19 and you want to have a kid and that's what you want to do, then that's fine. Um, but I think it's important, like you weren't ready for a kid, like you had a husband mm -hmm. who just, you were freshly married. And so like all of these different factors contributed. And then now second pregnancy looks a lot different because you're older, yeah. you're more experienced. Um, you went out and sought, you know, support groups to be able to help you be a better mother because yeah. you were, you felt more mature, you felt more empowered to be able to do that. And so I think that's important. I, I think that 19 year olds can do that. <laughs> I just think that like us telling them like, this is something that you should do. Um, it's not something you have to do, but it's something you should do. And then like you figure it out for yourself. So yeah. I, I think that that's also an important discussion to be had because like you said, at 19, you know, people might say things that are inappropriate. Like, why are you having a kid? And you might be ready. For, like, I know some pretty mature, awesome 19, 20 year old moms um, that were ready. And, but they also knew where to find support and all of those different things. Yeah. So I think that's important. I think it's important to note, like your level of maturity definitely plays into how you handle um, postpartum and even during pregnancy. Yeah, definitely. I, and I was a very mature, um, teenager and, you know, at that time 
you told me that I wasn't ready for a baby, I would have told you, you have no idea the life that I've led the, to get yeah. to where I am. And I took care of her and I loved her. <clears throat> but looking at it at this age, this far, you know, from, from that experience. Yeah. Um, 13 years ago, you have, thir- you have a teenager, have a teenager. Yeah. And I'm still like super <laughs> Is she a teenager. Yeah. 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 She's, yeah. She's a teenager now. <clears throat> and, um, you know, she'll even, like she said to me the other day, she kills me. Um, with my age, I, I've, I've done, I've done a lot of Bible studies. I've done a lot of therapy. I worked for resilience for the army. I worked for a parenting program here. Um, so I, I've, I've practiced my mindfulness techniques. I've, you know, I've, all of this stuff has come into play. Um, I'm a better person now because I've worked really hard to be not as volatile. Um, I grew up in a very volatile kind of dysfunctional home. Um, it was a little violent and I was never violent, but it was not, it, it was, it was just second nature for me to scream yell when I was angry like you just yell that's how you parent you you parent through screaming and I did for the first maybe four years and I don't want it to sound like I was like yelling and screaming and being awful at her it you know um it was when you know she wouldn't go to sleep and like I told you I don't go to bed that kind of thing well she tells me the other day because I'm not that person now I do not parent uh with a loud voice at all unless, you know, they're running across the street and there's a car coming or something ridiculous. Um, she said, I'm so excited for Dalton and Mabel. You're such a great mom to them. And I was like, that's like the worst backhanded compliment anyone's ever given me. (laughs) Oh, Alex. (laughs) It's, you know, it's enough that she remembers. You, you grew up together, right? Yeah. You you learned and yeah. I think like as an oldest child, like I, my mom was a lot different with my sister as well. Like oh, yeah. there's just, you learn as you go. And so I'm sure, you know, the last one will probably get some of your best parenting because you've had two others. So she, I, she will, you're right. She'll get my most patient, um, kind, gentle parenting, but my oldest has me as an authentic human being. And that's because we've, we've grown together. So we can sit and have some really great deep conversations, which is exhausting because sometimes she, there's a line, you know, that's, that's just weird a little bit that she's like, you know, friends, are we friends? Are we, no, I'm not your friend. I think that's another, we should talk about that later about parenting. (laughs) Yeah. Hit me up. Because I don't, yeah, I don't have those, you know, little ones. Uh, you know what would help for me? Hello, is the support system. Just like when I had mops. Yeah, when you, pre- it, yeah, like I, yeah, I you want moms. moms to have been through it. Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know we're talking about um, postpartum health, and so with my third, before we had her, we actually had a miscarriage, um, and I did not want that baby. I I didn't want a third kid. And so when we found out we were pregnant, I was like, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And I spent, you know, a solid two weeks in denial and angry and um, just, just angry. And then 
I'd come to terms with it and was like, okay, well, we're going to buy a minivan. Let's just go. So we went, we bought a minivan and then I lost the baby. And, um, and I, I bled and I felt this like deep pitted guilt that just was like a lead ball. And we, I, we'd only shared that we, to this day, no one in our family, except for my sisters know that we lost a baby. Um, and you know, we never, I don't know why we just, we never, we never shared it. We didn't share with anyone. So we didn't have a support system. We had two friends and their families knew. Um, and that, that was, that was it. We didn't share with anyone else. So, um, I was, I was bleeding and I don't know how much is TMI for all of this, but I bled for months after that. And finally one, you know, and I thought, okay, well, this is probably just normal, uh, you know, spotting. And then sometimes it'd be heavy and, you know, and then I was in so much pain. So we went to the emergency room. I was there for eight hours. They came in and said, oh, you know, congratulations, you're pregnant. And I was like, make sure you're in the right room. Is that the chart? Is that my chart? And the doctor was like, Misty Clark, right? I said, yeah. He was like, yeah, you're, you're eight weeks pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then he handed me paperwork, you know, this wow. thick on um, mm-hmm. spontaneous abortion and said, you have a subchorionic, subchorionic hematoma. So basically the way they described it was, you know, here's the wall of your uterus here's the baby. There's a big blood clot in between you and the baby. So the baby's not fully attached. So your body is trying to flush out the pregnancy again. And, um, you know, all this paperwork and what to do when, at what point, um, in a pregnancy, do you have to disclose that you've miscarried? Um, at what point do you have to have, you know, funerary, um, services, what do you, what do you do with all, we were, we were researching this because it became relevant to our everyday life. On top Mm -hmm. of that, I had an 18 month old, I was on bed rest, pelvic rest. Um, and I had a five-year-old where she might've been six at this point. And, and, um, I think we were getting ready to start homeschooling. So we still had mops. I was still in mops. Um, they made a meal train for us. They had, you know, people were coming and helping take care of the kids. <clears throat> they sent my husband home to work from home. Uh, we had a, a, a ton of support. Like it was just, we were overflowing with people who cared, um, who were there. And then toward the third trimester, they told me, um, you're in the clear. You're not going to like she's was it was the end of the second trimester you're in the clear no more bed rest you're no more pelvic rest you can it this is a normal pregnancy now you're okay um I had spent all of those months not attaching myself to her because Mm -hmm. I was gonna lose this baby Yeah. yeah like am I gonna it's so morbid but you know what am I going to do with these ashes when we, when we lose this baby? Cause now at this point, now we're going to have to do something, you know, do I put it in a potted plant? You know, what, what do you do? And that, those are very real thoughts and feelings that I was having. And we had her and she was, it was a good delivery. She was huge. She was almost nine pounds. Um, she was a, a, a C-section. And then um, when they put her on my chest, they do that at Belvoir, which was awesome. They didn't 
I didn't get that opportunity with my oldest, but they, 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 you know, they put her right on my chest and I looked at her and I looked at Derek and I, I said, get her away from me now, get her off of me. And, and that was the first three months of, of life with her. I nursed her. I, you know, I breastfed, I baby wore, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in when a baby cries, you pick them up, you pick them up, you love them. I never let her cry. Um, <clears throat> but I still, I, it was, there was a big, you know, shield in between the two of us. I couldn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. attach. Um, and I had told, I ended up telling my PCM that I said, I just, I, I don't like this baby. I don't know what's wrong. And this time I'm seven years older than when I had my oldest and I knew, yep. I knew what was going on and I let it go mm-hmm. for three months. And then I, I said, I need help. So they sent me to therapy <clears throat> and through therapy um, and all of my support with, with everyone at MOPS, um, I realized, you know, the therapist said, you didn't grieve the loss and you never came to terms with the fact that you were still going to have a third baby. Um, and so mm-hmm. it, it took me, I think it took, it took a couple of months of therapy and then a health scare with the baby before I was like, oh, this is my baby. Like I was like, yes, you know, it, but it took a lot of hard work and it was exhausting. Yeah. And, you know, when my sister had her first, I told her, you might not like this baby and that's okay. No one will tell you that. No one will ever say it. Yep. Don't know why. It, it's, you know, one makes it a point to say like, you're going to, there's going to be a bond sort of like, there's a thing. It might not necessarily look like a bond, but you know, you just gave birth to this creature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yours but you might not like it and that's okay. Like, yeah. And then like, what do you do after that? Yeah. yeah, And it is okay. And we're going to figure it out because you have support and like someone knows what to do and it's going to be hard. It's not going to be, you know, easy and your hormones are out of whack. And there's, there's a lot of different reasons why that it happens. And, you know, for you, it was, I mean, you're predisposed and you already already had experienced it. And then you had just had a miscarriage and didn't want, I mean, all of those things, it's a lot of hard stuff to process with three small children, like three children under the age of six um, and, a, and a husband that's active duty, yeah. um, and, and especially in his job, like probably gone quite frequently. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, it's huge. And I, I appreciate you so much for telling me your story for the fourth, fifth, sixth. I don't know how many times we've talked about this because it always, (laughs) um, it always resonates with me because of how far you've come just in the four or five years that I've known you, which Mm -hmm. I can't believe Max will be four next month. So yeah, four plus years that I've known you, I know, (laughs) um, how far you come and then just how much of a support system you are for other military spouses and women in general. And you're just always so willing to tell something that's so hard, but also to be like, but this is where I'm at now. And like, you have other challenges with being a parent now that you just continue to just be 
a rock star and I look up to you so much because I'm just like, I don't know how she does it. <laughs> um, Cause it's parenting is never easy. It's like, once you get through the postpartum phase, it doesn't just stop there. It's like, then now, <laughs> now you're in a completely different phase of life. That it's crazy too. Yeah. Like, it's um, literally just so, one, one day at a time. Like that's it. Just, so best, that's your best advice. Best advice. My one best day advice. At a time. My yeah, best advice your, ever, ever, ever. When we did a full ditty PCS when we, you know, we have kids that are going crazy when my 13 year old is like, she's struggling with mental health stuff right now. So that's a whole thing that we're doing. My advice to her, my advice to me, my advice to anyone ever is no matter like how hard and dark the moment is that you're in, it is a moment and it is not forever you're going to, it's going to be at some point, you're going to get to a point where it's going to, that's going to be a memory every day in every deployment we've had every day. I look at this and I would look at the day and I would think one day, this day is going to be a memory. He's going to be home and I'm he's going to be home and it's going to be a memory. How awful this was every day that we were doing our, our PCS here. It was a ditty. We got the orders literally seven days before we were reported. So we, it was a full ditty. It was a mess. It was chaos, you know, cause you were doing the same thing at the same time. And every day I would look around and I would be like, we're going to get to the point where this is going to be a memory. Like we're going to get through this and we're going to get on the other side. <clears throat> My sisters and I say the same thing. We had a very tumultuous childhood. Um, and so mm -hmm. the three of us, we talk about this regularly, like that, that was a memory. And here we are now here mm -hmm. and it's so awesome. much better yeah yeah so th I guess that would be my biggest piece of advice and then when you're in that moment you find a person who will be who will stand with you like solidly with you it could be a mentor a mentor mom it could be your own mom it could be a sister it could be a friend it could be your spouse um, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having the spouse be that person but sometimes it's nice to have um someone that you can relate to. So, you know, another woman, another mom, another, you know, a, a, just someone who, who can relate to you on a different level um, than your spouse can, I think, but hang on, it'll be a memory. Like that's, it my... will be a memory. And I think that's a great piece of like, eventually one day it will be a memory and you can look back and then you can tell your story and it can help other people realize that. Like, yeah this it, you can get through it it's not going to be easy but it is something that can be accomplished okay last question before we wrap up so I can let you get, get back to work to your well, day get to I work. love my job <laughs> I know I'm like the, our day's over here so I'm like I'm gonna go home now um <laughs> for military spouses what do you think are like top three resources that you would tap into um, or it doesn't even have to be military women in general, like where would you go or what had you wish you had known to go to, um, when, when dealing with, um, perinatal mood and, uh, sorry, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Um, so for, I, I would say if you have a primary care physician, um, if, if you are experiencing, especially if you're experiencing dark thoughts, which those are totally, that is a totally normal thing. It, it is important to, to talk to a doctor who can yep. help guide um, because it, it might be more than just therapy that you need. 
because yeah, absolutely. I mean, the levels of hormones that shift and change as soon as you've delivered that placenta, it's insane. It's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Right. So it's crazy. Um, I mean, it's crazy that women's bodies do that. Like that's we, like, so we amazing. Are amazing. <laughs> I just, yes. Freaking amazing. Um, so always, always a doctor first, I think okay. first and foremost, whatever faith you have. And even if you are agnostic or atheist, a support community that you can be authentically yourself. So, um, you know, my sister doesn't go to church, but I, I, I really encouraged her mom's groups. There are mom's groups everywhere. Google a mom's group in your area. Um, because those women, those women, it's like therapy, but girlfriends. Um, and then for, for military, I, ACS, provides or for, for army i'm sorry acs yes yeah. acs they've got the scream free parenting um the program that i i'm actually work for a research study it's adapt after deployment ad, um adaptive parenting tools it's it's there we're trying to get it um we're right now in the study phase so we're hoping that we can move from the study phase and get it implemented at military installations all over um there are a few military installations that we're working with as the pro the parenting program, but it's, you know, um, they've worked often with the MFLAX and ACS. And so um, those are really invaluable resources. They, they can, they've got um, the scream free parenting classes. They've got the, the, the play dates um, yep. for kids. I did the play dates before I found mops um, for my oldest. She was four. Um, <clears throat> They, sometimes they have spouse coffee dates. They, it's just, there's a wealth of information. I've met so many young spouses here at Fort Bragg, 19, 20 year old spouses who are like, I, and I'll say, well, have you gone to ACS? Well, what's ACS? Sister, let's talk because you're going to want to go to ACS for everything. Yeah. I mean, employment readiness, like everything. So when you, it's just, it's just great. Um, I would, I would push anyone and everyone to ACS. Okay. Okay. Like do it, do it, Annie. Do it. And then, you know what? And I know resilience, I don't know that I would say resilience necessarily, like the resilience center necessarily for postpartum, but um, shoot, that resilience goes a long, long way for everything. It so is it, it is it ever too, is it ever a wrong time to seek out the services no but now you have my wheels turning like maybe we'll do like a postpartum resilience I, class I, for spouses that would be I think, super look, fun if i were still there you know i would be on that like i wanted the spouse mrt like i wanted i think that's huge i think that'd be a big deal and it would I mean, go we, a long way we'll chat about that <laughs> i i kind of I'm, I'm feeling that i'm feeling that idea and you know like i'm the person that would and maybe not just for army we'll just open it for everyone i think it could be yeah that's a we'll we'll toy with that idea outside of this zoom call yeah <laughs> all right well i want to thank you so much for being such a great friend to me first of all and for this interview and i think all the things you said are are invaluable to 19 year old misties that are out there and 25 year old besties that are out there that have on their second and third babies. And then now everybody can see, you know, I won't tell them how old you are, but more grown misty. It's cool. I'm, um, young. I'm still young. young. I mean, look, you're, Mary you're, said you're, I had my 13 mom. year old when I was 19. <laughs> so you could, 
You could do the math. I mean, they can. I don't math in public, so I refuse. <laughs> I don't math in public, but I just want to thank you so much, and I appreciate you for telling your story and giving some advice and some tools because I think that that you know sometimes it's hard to go face to face, but I think if we hear it, um, then it just gives us maybe it will give someone that little boost of confidence to go out and and find their support or talk to their doctor or utilize some programs that are available to them. So, I'm. Always happy to talk. <laughs> uh, well, eventually we'll do a parenting one where you can talk about teenagers because I, I want to hear that because I'm not close to that yet. But. Well, I'm in, but I don't know how much you want me to talk. <laughs> I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll have people ask you questions like, what do you think about this? I think that could be fun. I'm going to need a mentor mom there with us so that she can okay. like redirect my, well, I'll meet her. <laughs> yeah of course of course so 